talk to a lot of clients and some of them have like a company with 500 employees, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I ask even some basic questions like, what, what is your goal with this company? Is it just like, other than just to grow, just to make profit, most people don't have a good answer. So I'm, I'm just like, okay, if you just want the most profit, like, you know, you, you know what you should do, you should... to Authentic as Fuck podcast. This is episode nine. Hello, Elizabeth. What's up? We're almost in double digits. Yeah. Our wow. last episode did really well. I think it was like our best episode yet. Here's the deal. We knew that. We listened <laughs> all the way to the end. We knew it was going to be our best episode. It was good. I really now need we just to cut to it, up. Up to it Yeah. I need to cut it up into pieces because I know... Those hour and a half videos are hard to watch. Yeah. But I really feel like if I could cut it up to pieces, I can, I just need to get up my game. You know what though? I like, because I was curious and I've never, like I just pulled it up on Spotify. I've mm-hmm. seen, I've like kind of looked at it on YouTube, but I was listening to it on Spotify and, and that was the first time I was like, oh yeah, this is something I could listen to. That sounds really <laughs> egotistical, but 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 I was driving and I was like, okay, if I was driving or like, you know, doing something where I just wanted some background noise, I could listen to us. Yeah. We're not no, too I, bad. I think they're good. Like I've been getting really good feedback. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's hard for people to get into in the beginning. So I think those little clips will help because mm-hmm. then they can get a little preview first. Then, yep. Kind of get into then it. they they'll know it's worth their time. Yeah, exactly. So we're doing something fun today. Yeah, this is gonna be our Q and A episode. Q and A. We may have to have multiple parts. With the number of questions that came in, thank you, everyone. Um, Why don't we get through as and... much as we can, like over yeah. the next hour or so, and then if we run out, we'll do it on the next episode. Cool. Sound good? Yep, sounds good. Are we and and so our strategy is just we're just throwing them out there. Yeah, we're just gonna answer yeah. them. All right. I haven't even read through them yet. Like, <laughs> so uh, that is how much we prepare for this. Uh, and some of them are not related to like personal branding or authenticity or anything. Yeah, and like then so, some are yeah. good questions. Okay, I'm gonna start with this one is from. Hadi Uma. The question is countryside or city? I hate cities, but I want to make a make business. Tough choice. <laughs> uh I'm a city person. We just we went we we're in the we were in the whole like house shopping phase. And there's some places outside of Nashville that are relatively remote. Most people would argue they're not remote at all, but um, we would drive out to them and I would start to get really uneasy, mm. like being more than three miles away from a Walgreens. So you grew up in Nashville, you grew up in the city. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, right outside, like in the suburbs. So close enough that. Do you think you can live in like a real city like New York or Chicago? No, no. 
live there every day? No way. I need to be able to have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a control thing, I think. Have you ever heard of Uber? <laughs> yeah, but see, I'm not in control. I'm not in control. Like the Uber driver's in control, not me. And then what if they don't show up and then they take a wrong turn and then I end up on Dateline and Keith Morrison is doing an episode about me. <laughs> so <laughs> no, thank you. I would like to drive my vehicle. Yeah, I'm like that too. Um, I, I always feel like unease when I'm a passenger or like uh, even when I'm on an airplane. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't fully relax until like the, you know, they, what do you call it? Touchdown or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like once the once wheel hits the ground, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say you're obviously city, right? Yeah. So I, I don't think I can imagine myself living outside, like even in LA, I don't yeah. even think I can do that. Like I need I need the energy because even in LA, when, if you live in LA, you're actually, it's, it's still a suburb. There are parts of it that are like cities. Yeah. People are living the, in like downtown yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm not, I'm, I'm a, I'm not really, I would, I'm like a homebody. So I would probably stay home a lot. Mm-hmm. So I need the kind of like, as soon as I go outside, I need that energy. Like just, I just need, you know, here, like, um, when I go downstairs, like I'll see crackheads, but I also see like somebody like trying to make something of them. in your building. <laughs> Not in my building, but like uh. by walking around the city. You know, I see all kinds of people, right? <laughs> oh man, I was like so, downstairs, like in the lobby, just like chilling. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. But yeah, and also like if like if I go to like my old neighbor in East Village, you see these mm-hmm. artists like you know trying to like make art or do some photographers like you see yeah. like in Soho you see these models like posing and it just feels like everybody's trying to everybody's trying to become the best at whatever they are right that's what people mm-hmm. come to New York for like you want to be the best chef you want to be the best rapper you want like doesn't matter what it is you want to be the best at something right and just watching those guys like trying to go after their dreams it makes me like shit, I need to get on my, get on top of my game. Right. But if I'm yeah. in LA or something and I'm sitting at home in my car, whatever, I, I'm not going to feel that. I'm just going to be like, Oh, I'm just, I'm doing just fine. <laughs> so you mean even like the best crackhead, the best. <laughs> yeah. The best crackheads are here. <laughs> Noted. That's awesome. So yeah, I, don't, I love countryside, going to countryside on weekends. Like me and Gigi would sometimes like go off the grid. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I'm good. I'm good without the countryside. <laughs> okay, should we move on? Let's do it. What's the next one? The next one is from Alana. She's actually a friend. Atlanta? Um, like at like Atlanta, Georgia? No. Alana? A-L-A-N-A. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. okay. She's, right, a, cool. she's like an Instagram friend. I talked to her once. <laughs> uh, what? I talked to her on DM a I lot. Talk, okay. I was like, yeah. you talked to her once. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> what if your brand is your storytelling? 
I need more. Inf- I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't really know what that means either. What if your brand is your storytelling? I think every brand is some sort of a storytelling. Every brand has a story. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then it probably isn't a brand that we know. Yeah. Like maybe like your brand itself is storytelling. Like that's what they Mm -hmm. do. Maybe that's what she means. I mean, my brand kind of is at this point because yeah, that's what everybody asks me about. But uh, yeah, I'll just talk to her since she's my friend. <laughs> I'll ask her. <laughs> oh, man. I love like, you know, one c- cool thing about Instagram is I've met people on Instagram that I, I connect with, I, I resonate with and relate to more than like some of my closest friends in real life. Yeah. And they're like, all, they live all over the world. And it's so crazy like that. It is really crazy. Yeah. Like it's people that cool. has like the exact same personality as me. They hate the same thing I hate. They love the same thing I love. Like, yeah. It's like the awesome. most advantage or most advanced version of pin pal. Yeah. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far. Yeah. Pen pals have come a long way. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have pen pals? No, but I wrote R.L. Stein a, a letter one time and he sent me an autographed oh, picture. You're such a geek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, he, he, I was really into goosebumps. <laughs> I, mean, I think everybody was but like <laughs> when, when you write authors uh a letter that's those are the that's such a geeky thing to do <laughs> i think i had to do it for like an assignment they were like you have to write they were uh, like, choose your favorite yeah. author yeah but oh, if it awesome wasn't he wrote, he wrote you back though he that's did so he wrote cool. me back and then he sent me a autograph picture and oh wow mm-hmm it's and it probably, was a letter was that was like his team. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was very obviously <laughs> from his team, but I thought I was the coolest person. The only person oh. that had an autographic picture. And it was like the old school autograph. Remember like the black and whites They, And they would have like their mm. name underneath it. Like, RL like black and white photo. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was That's cool. really nice of him. Even if it was his team. <laughs> yes. Thanks RL Stein. I don't even know if you're alive anymore. <laughs> That's a good question. Okay. This one from Ali Diab. What do you think of multi-niche accounts? I don't. You don't think of them? (laughs) They're not not on your mind. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, I've, I've never seen one. I don't know what that is. Like, I guess accounts that have a lot of niche, like... I've never seen one, probably because they don't do well. That is what I was going to say. Like, they probably don't do well because you need to pick one. If you have multi-niche, then... I mean, I don't consider, like, Gary V, Oprah, those kind of channels, like... Because those are personal brands. When you're a personal brand, you're that big. You're personal. You are the niche. The person is the niche, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't need to need a niche at that point 
Right. But if you're starting out, like nobody knows you, your niche is what's gonna. I don't know. It's that that niche question is so. I I don't know how to answer that because it's it's. I don't know if you know, but niche is a hot topic in marketing because everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in business, definitely niche is good. The fact that we niche down to personal brands was like a huge advantage in our business. Yeah. But on social media. I'll tell you, it doesn't of, work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our experience from Michael. Like we really had to pick, you can't be everything to everybody. And if you yeah. are, then you're everything to nobody or you're nothing Agreed. to no one. I don't know. You're nothing to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Next, this one is from Geo 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 Design. What is happiness? Hot happiness for you? Whoa. Okay. What is happiness? I. I think. Okay. I mean, you could go a lot of different directions with this, but I think what I've learned over the years, it's like so much of what I thought when I was younger, and I'm still relatively young, but what I thought, you know, 10, 20 years ago, like things were going to be happiness. Like material things. Material, material things or like, yeah, getting a house, getting a job title, getting a paycheck, having your bank account have a certain number of zeros. I really thought that that would drive happiness and especially I think everyone right now, does at a certain point in their life. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, I think we, yeah, we all do. I think we're conditioned to think that the world tells us that that's what happiness is. Um, and I know all this sounds very cliche, but being in the midst of moving and purging a lot of things um, and my family like doubling in size in two years. Like I'm just realizing like none of this shit matters. Like all this shit that's in my house does not matter. Like my, like it really hasn't, it's felt so good actually to get rid of all of it because there really is no. They probably make uh, you unhappy actually. Things. Yeah, but yes, because like the bigger the house, the bigger the problems you have with your house, the bigger everything, all of your problems, even though they're good problems to have, like, oh, you know, a pipe burst on your swimming pool. That's a great, oh, you have a swimming pool. That's a great problem to have. <laughs> but like, first it, world problems. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> like, I don't want to sound like, oh, they aren't. I don't know. Like I I just, I've just realized like none of that stuff matters because at the end of the day, I'm spending way too much time worried about. And not just that, but you know, like I've, you ever watched that movie minimalism? So I'm not, I I read the book. Isn't there a book? Yeah. There's a book too. I I read the book. I read the book. Of the two dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I I actually read the book when I was, there's this uh, uh, 
website called Getaway, and it's like it's like uh, you you pay like two or three hundred dollars a night, and you go to this like remote place, and they have them all around major cities, which is like always two or three hours away from a city. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, you stay in this cabin, like trailer without, there's no internet, there's no, on purpose, there's mm-hmm. no like, it's, you're like completely off the grid. And all they have is books like that, like minimal, like meditation, minimal, minimalism. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that really opened my eyes because, you know, I didn't know, I thought minimalism was just like living in an empty room, right? Or like living with just a backpack, but it's much more than that. It's because when we start to buy things to make us happy, we get addicted to that. And the more we do it, the more we like obtain, the more we need it. Right. It's mm-hmm. kind of, it's like, it's like a drug, right? The more, like the more you do it, the, the higher the threshold gets and the more you, yeah. you feed it. And by, by getting rid of all that shit, you actually like stop needing it more. And that's why people become happier because, you know, they have no desire to, obtain things anymore yeah that yes that is so so happiness is such a i've spent years like researching happiness in this topic because i i was kind of depressed and you know it's 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 such a complex topic it's i've i've uh so there there was this ted talk or something where this um research team did like the longest running research it was like done over like 80 years or something. And it was the longest running study of happiness. And they, they studied these people like all the way from when they were like 20, all the way till mm-hmm. like they're like 80 or something like hundred years old, like same people. Right. Yeah. And the one, they said that one consistent factor was uh, relationships. Like mm-hmm. the, the ones that had a huge family, had a lot of like good relationship were happy. And the ones that didn't weren't happy. For me, personally, like, I think Socrates said this, but happiness is progress. So for me, like the happiness comes from um, when I actually done a lot of like, like when I, like when I went to the, the Baptist yoga boot camp, right? Mm-hmm. Like just going through something like that, or even when I climb a mountain or anything that's like tough, yeah. That pushes your limit and you make progress or, you know, but yeah. that's probably also cons- considered like the whole material thing. Cause you're, you're going to want more. Once you achieve something, you're going to want more, achieve the next level, next level. Do you think it's the achievement that you, that drives you or like the experience? Cause I think like experiences are a big driver of my happiness. But I'm not happy when, while I'm like, sweating my ass off like on a yoga mat like in, okay. <laughs> during that moment I, i'm happy afterwards like, but it was an experience right uh, i don't know i wouldn't be happy afterwards if it was easy though okay the fact that it was so hard and i got through it okay okay and then i'm in like this 95 degree yoga room and then like i go outside and like fresh air i'm just like it's like the best <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, from the two times that I did hot yoga, really is the best. Uh, the best part of yoga is the end. <laughs> but see, that's like, I kind of feel like that about workouts. I enjoy them, though, while I'm doing them. 
And you're like, you're weird. Nobody yeah. does work out. But it's just like this amazing feeling. I don't know. I think it's the endorphins or something. Maybe because you've been also doing it for a while. Yeah, that could be it. All right, you want to move on from happiness or? Yeah, happiness is such a deep topic. We can do an entire episode. uh, Yeah, I was going to say we we can do an (laughs) entire episode. I've I've got a lot of thoughts. And this one, next one is from, oh, it's a two-part question, or the same person asked two questions, from SZX. How can I, how can I, as a young adult, find my purpose? And the second part is, how did you find your purpose? Some deep questions coming in here. <laughs> but, but haven't we talked about this? Quite honestly, like very honestly, I hate that question. No, I don't like that's no offense. I just like I mean but you haven't you ever asked that question when you were younger? No. Really? I don't think so. Maybe I have. Maybe I have. But like I don't know. I just I don't think we ever find our purpose. I don't think that we like all have us like predetermined purpose. I don't know. I'm probably most people actually don't. Yeah. Maybe it's just these like entrepreneur types or the ones that were like want to change the world or something like that. You have a a purpose on the earth, like, but not all of us are like here to like change the world. Like your purpose may be. So what's your purpose on, on your, on this earth? I think how it, did you find your purpose? I don't know what my purpose, I mean, I don't, I don't, I just don't think it, like there's not one purpose. Like there've been so many things I feel like I've done that <laughs> like don't make me a superstar, but make me like. Your purpose is to raise your kids. Yeah. Like I had my kids, but I don't know that that's my purpose. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't like that question. Um, not that I don't like the person who sent the question, but like, I I have no idea who it is, (laughs) but like, I just, I don't know. I just think that's a, I think the whole, like, find your purpose, find your why that, that kind of narrative really like screwed over the millennial generation. Yeah. Because now everybody's, instead of just doing, they're just searching for a purpose, right? Yeah. and if you don't have a, if you don't know what it is, you feel like you're, you're worthless or something like that. And also, I think another reason is religion is kind of on its decline. And I think a lot of religious people feel that their purpose is to serve God or, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of their purpose. So that makes it easy, right? If you're religious, done, that's your purpose. <laughs> but, but if you're like atheist, it's, like, yeah. Okay. Well, you have like so many things, like there's so many reasons why everyone's on this earth. Like there's so many reasons. And I, if I knew what my purpose was, I would have probably like, I would have probably never been able to get out of my head enough to actually get there. You know, does that make sense? Like if, if I knew that my purpose was to have two children and to marry Michael and God just like handed that to me and said, here's your purpose at like 10 years old. I would have probably tripped over myself so fucking much. 
But that God would have given you that as a purpose. Well, let's just say he did. <laughs> God, would give, the purpose would be for you to serve. To serve God. him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was and my sub, sub purpose. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think that question's like. It's a, I mean, I, I went through this a lot too. It's like another one of those like happiness. Just like I spent years researching happiness. I, I spent years researching this topic also. Yeah, I went through some deep philosophical phases in my life <laughs> where I would have like three hour long conversations with like all, all these other philosophical people. And that's what happens when you smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, what I ended on is like happiness, I still don't know. But with purpose, what I ended on is like, what's the purpose of a rock? What's the purpose of a mountain, right? It's, what's the purpose of anything in this earth? It's, the fact is there is no purpose. Like our, the purpose of life is to live. It's, we were, we're, it's not, cause like the fact that we're, we even are here right now that, you know, because I'm kind of like science minded is because like whatever, 14 billion years ago, the Big Bang happened 4 million years ago, the earth got created and life happened on earth and somehow we evolved and that, that the chain of like cause and effect got us to be here somehow and that, that humans are, even exist and that we were born, like that one in 4 trillion chance that we're born or whatever. And, and yeah, so, and now we're here. So your purpose is just to be, it's just your real purpose is to, to live, right? I, I mean, if you want to go scientific, biological, your genes, like, I don't know if you read Selfish Genes by Richard Dawkins, mm -mm. but your genes are pretty much like, the, your, everything in your body, your whole DNA is telling you, like your only job is to, for your, your genes to survive, right? And that's through you surviving until you have a kid and then that, that your genes are carried to your kids and so on and so on and so on, right? That's that's your whole purpose from a biological standpoint, right? So, mm -hmm. so there is no purpose in life. Your, your purpose in life is just to be, to, to live, right? And though you can make up your own purpose, but just know that that shit is bullshit because you made it up. It's not, it's not your real purpose. Mm -hmm. It's something that you made up in order to keep you happy or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I <laughs> fucking hate that question. Like, <laughs> that's my answer. I just hate that. Like, it's. I just think it's a waste of time. Like, I think you're wasting your time trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like for like, me, my purpose might change. Yeah, it did change. It has changed. It will change. Like, my purpose right now is to have this conversation with you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, it's just such a like waste of time. I think I'm going to, I've offended so many people in this episode already. Yeah. I'm sure. We're losing, we're going to lose our hundred followers. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah. We're going to go down to like 99 followers. <laughs> we're at like 116 now. On YouTube. Killing it. Yeah. Killing it. And our, our downloads are going up significantly too. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Getting like 200 downloads per episode. It's pretty good. Okay. This next one is from Jenna St. John. 
also a friend. <laughs> How do you balance selling with trust and authenticity? I like this question. Good question. It is a good one question. you like. <laughs> good job, Jenna. Thank you, <laughs> Jenna. Thank you for asking a thoughtful question. Um, I think it's hard. We struggled with this. Uh, I know you do, or I know Michael does. I don't uh -huh. at all. <laughs> <laughs> like we. Maybe I can give you guys some tips. <laughs> yeah, you probably you probably could. Well, I mean, it's just like. I don't know. You you start. You <laughs> I start. I like going last. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like for me, it was because uh, I've sold things like when I was like 17. I had this thing. It wasn't a job, but it was like this thing in school where you have to sell magazines door to door. Oh, yeah. I literally gave up after day one. <laughs> and then uh, I in high school, I, there was this company called Cutco. It's like this like network this like pyramid scheme where you, you sell knives and then you. Oh get yeah. I knew that. I was like, I know the name of that. How do I know that name? Yeah. yeah. That lasted like maybe a couple of weeks. I just, I sold one set of knives to my mom. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get myself to go to a stranger's house. And then right at the part where I have to ask for the sale, that's where I always got stuck. Right. Mm. And then I sold laptops for a while in college. And I was pretty good at that because um, until I found out that these laptops were horrible and then I just got really bad at it. <laughs> were they gateway? No, they were like, <laughs> they were actually no, no brand, but the, the owner told me that it's like a, it's actually like a, the same manufacturer as Toshiba and okay. like the, the, the parts and everything is you're basically getting a Toshiba for like half the price at that time. Toshiba was like the, the shit for laptops okay so I, I just that that was my selling that was my pitch right every time and then i was like killing it and then as soon as like i found out they suck it stopped and then and then that was my end of my sales career right <laughs> and i was just like i just i just suck in sales right like because some people are because i've been to all those seminars and people are like oh you have to build rapport you have to ask for the sale and you have to all of that shit yeah but i just couldn't do it I just felt like, I don't, I just felt like, I felt like I had an, they're going to know that I have an agenda and cause I, that's how I feel about salespeople. Right. So I, yeah. you know, so, but then when I started night owl, it completely changed because I just stopped selling altogether at night owl. Right. And I think, you know, people talk about how, like when you, you know, like even when you guys thought like Jay Shetty is like promoting his book too much or like just it's too like all the emails and everything yes. is like that. Gabby's like that to all of my clients are like that. But I have no problem with that. I think how else are you supposed to sell, right? Like, excuse, excuse me, do you want to buy this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you're, and, and if you are proud of your product, if you're like, and that's how I sell my products, my service, right? I genuinely in my head think that they need this more than i need them like mm -hmm. i'm here trying to fucking help you <laughs> like buy the yeah. shit right? <laughs> yes and, and it's and when you have that mentality like i don't feel guilty at all mm -hmm. 
because I'm like, dude, I'm here trying to help you. I'm going over and beyond sending you all these emails and like keep, keep, you know, doing this because I, you need this, right? Like not because I need this, you know? And I mean, that's how I'm going to sell my course. But in order to do that first, you have to, you have to be selling a product that you can stand behind, you genuinely believe in. And, you know, that's, that's good. the good thing about having your own business, right? You can, you have control over your product. But as, if I was selling a product that I know is a piece of shit, then I can't. <laughs> yeah. I get, yeah, I get, I mean, that does make sense actually. Um, and I think that was part of our hesitation as we were creating, like, Michael's definitely gotten to a place where he feels way more confident in the product. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that was, that's taken years to build a product. Um, and refine it and, you know, tweak it and overhaul it sometimes mm -hmm. in order for him to start to get confident. Like right now he has a lot of confidence in, in what he has created. Um, and so now he has confidence in selling it and, and telling companies, like, if you want authentic leadership in your company, you have to hire me. So I think you're right. Like yeah. you have to be confident in your product. And, and along the way, you may, you may not be confident. And so it's really hard to sell anything. I completely agree. Sell anything that you're not confident in. Because I'm thinking about things that I don't own, products I don't own, services that I have no affiliation with, but I sell them to my friends. You know, like just the things that, just think about the things yeah. that you talk about with your friends. Yeah. And you're not even getting a commission for it. I'm just, getting nothing yeah, for yeah. it, but I believe in it so got, much. Yeah. That's how you have to sell. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, that's how you sell your own product. Yeah. Whenever you tell, whenever you're an ambassador for another product like that you love so much, so you tell everyone about it. If you, yes. people who, you know, people who own BMWs tell everybody else to buy a BMW or whatever it is. Right, right. It's the same thing, yeah. It's the same thing, yeah, because that, I'm not a salesperson at all. I think what happens was there was a point in time where I, I didn't feel confident because like, I don't have full control, right? Cause I have employees that are working for me so they can mess up or whatever it is. Right. But the thing is I got, the way I gotten over that is, is I could, I still say, I still sell confidently. Mm -hmm. And I know that, cause I think a lot of people kind of in their mind says, Oh, what if they don't like it? What if it, did, it doesn't work for them? Like what if, cause like my product can be good, but it might not necessarily work for them or something like that you can always fix it. Like it's, I think that's the thing. Like they think that they need to nail it on the first try, but sometimes my clients are not happy, but then I'm going right. to try again. I'm going to fix it and I'm going to try yep. to fix it again. Right. Yep. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to make sure it works somehow. Yeah. Or you make it right. <laughs> yeah. You make it right. There's yeah. so much a sorry or let's yeah. fix it. Or like even just, yeah. Sometimes just an apology goes a long yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so and just do the next scenario, right thing. Their money back. <laughs> yeah, right. That is the, and let's be clear. That's the worst case. Yeah. That worst yeah. case isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
Good answer, son. Thank you. Sold me on it. <laughs> I should do a sales sales seminar. Yeah, I hope you're doing a sales course. That's what your course needs to be on is sales. Okay, should we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. This next one is for Mel in, Mel Imperio. Mel Imperio. How do we prevent it being a, being at our own company being miserable anyways? <laughs> How do being at our own company being miserable anyways? So like they own their own company, but they're miserable. Yeah. Let me, let me check her profile real quick. And maybe she's talking about it because I, I talked about it once. That you were miserable stories. at night owl. Yeah. Um, you can't, I don't think you can prevent it. I mean, you, do you have experience with that? No. Like being in my own company, I don't, first of all, I don't own a company. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I don't know. That's a, that's, I don't fully understand the question, maybe. I guess she has her own company, but she's miserable. So I had a like, so the first, I think I've seen this a lot too, where, cause I lot, I'll talk to a lot of clients and some of them have like a company with 500 employees. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I ask even some basic questions like what, what is your goal with this company? Is it just like, other than just to grow, just to make profit, like most people don't have a good answer. They don't really have, they don't really have like, so I'm, I'm just like, okay, if you just want the most profit, like, you know, you, you know what you should do. You should start a porn site because that's probably like the highest profit or like you should just resell Google ads or like, there's so many easier ways to make profit. If you just, Oh want profit. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And when I tell them that they actually like it, it throws them off because that they, they don't know. They don't, they truly don't know why they're doing it. Right. Right. And, and that's kind of how I felt like the, cause, and I think it's because when you're an entrepreneur, when you start a business like you go in and the only thing you're looking at is like the private jets, <laughs> the mansion, the Ferraris, like profits, like being a boss, like these are the things that you're looking at. And, and I was like that too. Like I started my company and my goal was to just to grow, mm-hmm. just to grow the company, right? Increase revenue, like grow the team. That that's kind of like what you think, building a business is uh, how you get success in business. And three years into it, we, we started at pretty much zero. We got to like 20 employees. We were in this like huge office, um, got some big clients and I was just miserable because all I was doing was just, um, managing projects, like making clients happy, listening to complaints, listening to employees complain, making sure they do their job, mm-hmm. like just putting out fires from morning out from the moment I wake up till the moment I go to sleep. Right. And I'm like, what, what the fuck did I sign up for? And I, I literally would, you know, like when the alarm hit 
comes up in the morning and like getting out of bed i'm just like oh, fuck, i have to go to work again and like it was mm. i was miserable going into my own company and <clears throat> like what i did was I, I realized that what makes me happy like in the beginning of the company or even before that what makes me happy is actually working on the projects not managing people <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, that's when I scale down and you know how like our whole Nighthouse whole thing is like small, like we're small. We, we only take on certain projects at a time. Yeah. And you know, we made less money, but I was happier. And yeah, you kind of have to know yourself. Like that's, I clearly understood at that moment that my, I'm not a, I'm not an operator. I'm not a business operator. I'm not good at managing people. I'm not good at setting processes. I'm not yeah. good at like, like managing process. That's just not me. <laughs> well, I think that's a huge, that's a huge part of it. So that, um, that really gets me thinking about that question. So in breaking down what you said, like it's the awareness of what is making you so miserable. Cause it's not, it's not the job in this big package, right? Like the job, whatever you're doing, whether you're the owner of the company or whatever, it's something that you're doing every day that's driving you to be unhappy Miserable. for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was the managing at a higher level and not actually doing what, what makes you happy, which is the creative piece. So, so having the awareness and then figuring it out, pinpointing it and then doing something about it. So for you, what you did is you scaled down and yep. got involved and, and you had to surrender, like making less money, yep. knowing that that was going to have a financial impact and doing it anyway and walking through that discomfort, because that's pro that probably, you make it sound really easy right now, but I'm sure when you were in the middle of it, it took me three years to scale down because I didn't yeah. want to just fire like, you know, 60% of the company, like, <laughs> over yeah. yeah, but see, that's huge. Because, you know, it's so easy for us to look back on these experiences that were fundamental in shaping, like, mm -hmm. where we are. And when we look back, we're like, oh, we just did this thing. Because you made it sound really simple. Um, so to the person that asked that question, I mean, it's going to be really hard. I'm, I don't know how big your company is or what you do, but... Um, I think if I had to break down what, what sunset would be the awareness pinpoint the thing and do something about it. And I highly doubt that you're able to do that in 24 hours. <laughs> like it's going to be, it's going to take you three years. <laughs> yeah. It could take three years. Like it could take years. Um, now I have a little bit of different outlook on it. Cause like that was, that was almost like six or seven years ago. And yeah. <clears throat> Now, the way I look at it is, um, yes, you will change it, but you can still be happy anywhere you are, right? Like, so one thing that I realized is that I always had this mentality that what I'm doing is I'm providing this amazing solution to a problem, right? Creative solution to a problem for the client. And I just need to, even if like the client doesn't agree with me, Mm -hmm. My job is to deliver the right, the best solution or some, something like that. But what, after 10 years of doing this, what I realized is that, you know, most of the time, like, and 
my company, I pretty much pick, I can pick and choose my clients, right? I, I have, I'm turning down clients all the time that I can pick and choose clients. And even at that point, like more than 50% of my clients don't want that, don't want me to go against what they want in order to provide the best solution. What they want me to do, they just want me to listen to them, right? <laughs> and for, for most, and that's me, right? Like me at the point where I'm turning down 90% of the projects. If you're beginning out where you're like dying to get new, new clients and things like that, you're, you're like at that stage, pretty much 100% of your clients are gonna be like that. Like it's gonna, they don't give a shit about what solution you can provide. They just want you to do what you tell them to do. <laughs> and, yeah. and what I realized is that you have to find happiness in that. You have to, you can't find happiness in, in the fact that, oh, I'm gonna make this masterpiece work. No, you, you have to have, find happiness in the fact that I'm providing this, I'm serving this client with my skills and I'm, I'm gonna put a smile on his face. <laughs> That's what you have to, and if you have that shift, cause a lot, I know a lot of creatives that are like that, they're like, oh, this client's so fucking annoying. Like, you know, they, they wanna do this, but you, that, that shit is not gonna work or that, you know, that's mm -hmm. like make the logo bigger, like that whole shit. <laughs> like, that's what designers always talk about. Like clients yeah. always say, make the logo bigger. Like, oh, like make the logo bigger and put a smile on his face. And that's where you're yeah. gonna get the pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> make the logo bigger. That should be on our swag. <laughs> Look. <laughs> good. Love it. Yeah, it's good. Feel good of complete. Next one. <laughs> Hello, Roxar. Hello, Roxar. How do you grow and stay authentic? Feeling a bit philosophical today. Yes. How do you grow and stay authentic? Hmm. So like grow followers or just Maybe. like grow as a human? Maybe followers. It's probably Must followers. Probably followers. Um, Cause like maybe she feels that being authentic is detrimental to growth. Like in order to grow, you have to please everyone. And yeah. So I think you have to get really comfortable. And this was something that Michael um, and I personally struggled with some of the content that Michael would put out is like not offending anyone. Like you get so locked in into the negative comment mm -hmm. that you forget that you have about 60 positive ones. Because mm -hmm. the one negative can be such a drain. And uh, you're going to, you're going to offend someone you're going to upset someone. You're going to say something that isn't very popular. It makes me think back to like when you and I had this conversation about, you know, comments that people were leaving. And um, I almost had like some fear of disagreeing with people or having a different opinion because, oh, they're not going to like me. Totally normal to feel that. That's a valid feeling because humans were innately wired to have people like us, like, that's just, we want to be accepted. Um, but I think 
you have to get comfortable and you have to be comfortable with like people are going to disagree with you and not like you and what you're saying at the same time, they're going to be shit ton of people that do, that do agree with you, that do appreciate what you're saying and that resonate with you. So s- focus on that, like shift your focus to the people that, it, that your message resonates with and fuck everybody else. Like that's not your problem. <laughs> fuck everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Like seriously though, like you just have to, I don't know. It can be very distracting. I mean, just think about it. Most humans on this earth, myself included, I can get a shit ton of compliments and tell people tell me how great I am and they mean nothing to me. And then I get this one person that like has this tiny critique mm-hmm. about what, that's all I can think about is yeah. that one critique. Like I think about people that were walking through our house, like we snoop and we watch things on, ca- on the camera. There's cameras all over our house. So we, I listen to like what they say and I'll make like one little comment about like, Oh, that, wow, they've got a lot of baby gates in their house. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, thanks, Karen. I do, <laughs> <laughs> I do have baby gates in my house because I have two tiny humans to, that I need to keep in prison. Um, but I get so focused on that that I forget that they make all these comments, these great comments yeah. um, otherwise. But I don't know. I, I just mean, that's think that's not even a negative comment, but it wasn't really even negative. Yeah. Um, but that's my point is like, if someone may say, no, I don't agree with you. Okay. Karen, that's my advice. Just like, okay, Karen, thanks. Bye. I mean, what I, this is what I noticed, right? Like the ones, the growth accounts that are pleasing everyone, giving everybody what they want. They grow pretty quick, like from the get go. And they grow like, you know, like this, <laughs> my account grew like this <laughs> and then like it, it grew exponentially. And yeah. what I'm noticing is that the difference between like, they depend on the algorithm. They depend on those kind of things to grow. Mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot, lot more than other accounts. I have a lot of people that are saying, Hey, um, my sister sent me this um, and I, I just spent all night looking through your content or, Hey, my best friend sent me this or, Hey, my mentor sent me this. <clears throat> and that's how I found you. I got a lot mm-hmm. of messages like of people saying that they found me because so, so, and so specifically, not <laughs> somebody shared it on their stories, right. but somebody specifically emailed it to them or told them you have to check this, check this out. Right. Right. And the reason why that's happening, I think that's what's happening is, when you're just fully being authentic, um, the, there are other people. Yes, you're not gonna get on your the explore page, or you're not gonna, you know, you're not, you're not gonna get the, that that steady growth from the beginning. But once people start becoming your fans, and they're like, "Oh wow, this guy's a lot like me," right? This guy hates yeah. the same thing that I hate. He he loves the same thing I love when. When that starts happening, those people also have a lot of other friends that are like them in real life. Yeah. And they are telling them about it. Whereas in, you know, the, the growth accounts that like are, are just giving the vanilla like educational stuff and things like that, they're not going out and talking about it to their friends. Like 
Whereas in like, I have people that are saying that like, oh, me and my friends stayed up all night looking at your account and talking about you. Yeah. Like <laughs> that means something has triggered them and deep inside. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, and when you do that, it, it grows exponentially because once you get to this point, there, you have more people talking about it to their friends. And when you get to that point, you have more people talking about it to their friends and so on and so on. But do you have any trolls? I mean, like less than 0.1%. Yeah. Is it hard for you to ignore the negative comments? No. I, no. I think I'm, I, I, like, I think I've been, I've become pretty good at checking my ego. Cool. Yeah. But it's not from Instagram. It's because of uh, running my business. I've, I've had a lot of oh, people yeah. disagree with me and hating me yep. throughout my business. Yep. And I've learned not I to think as a creative, that. you kind of put yourself out there for like mm-hmm. scrutiny. For hate. Because like, you, I mean, I can't imagine creating something it's one thing if like you're trying to sell a product that isn't yours necessarily like you didn't create it yeah uh so and then you know having a client that gets upset or like someone who doesn't want to buy it but when it's something that like you made from your brain you show it to someone and they're like the logo bigger yeah. That's why this designer's like, no, I'm not gonna make the logo bigger. Like Yeah, it's so personal. Yeah, it's so the same ego. Yeah. Like let yeah. it go, dude. It's not your logo. <laughs> make the logo bigger. I think one thing that I kind of try to do is once I finish the while I'm finished, because then otherwise it's it's also easy to like not do a good job on the project too. So once I do is I fully, fully use my ego when I'm actually working on something. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I'm done and I'm delivering it or showing it to a client, then I detach my ego and I almost have to look at it. And sometimes like I don't, I do, I don't do that. I get offended sometimes too, because I haven't been able to fully detach myself. But once I detach that ego and look at the design as if somebody else did that design, Yep. Then it becomes easier. Yep. <laughs> Which I mean can be really hard, I'm sure, like for Instagram accounts yeah. that are trying to grow. Like it's something personal, yeah. very much like creating something. Yeah. So once you post the content, post it out there. Once you hit that publish, does it consider it that it's not even yours anymore? It's not even yours, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Easy. <laughs> It's so simple. Just do it. Just do it, Nike. Nike. Uh, I'm. I am Danish. I am Danny Chic. Better way to make audiences. I guess. I guess it means build audiences. I don't know. Just for me, I just say, put out, put out authentic content. Yeah. <laughs> That's the right. best way to grow. That's audience. the only way to build an audience, <laughs> I think. Or go buy followers. Yeah, you can buy followers. <laughs> That's illegal, and Instagram will uh, catch on to it. You have anything to add to that? No. Move on. Okay. Move on. That was yeah. Isabella Batoni. 
Do you think wanting to achieve great things at a young age is positive or negative? It's a good question. Normal. It's normal. You were like that when you were young? Yeah. Like like I said, (laughs) you don't think that the world conditions us to like want to achieve great things or like, Especially, I feel like my generation was told, like, we're all going to achieve great things. We're all going to, like... I think Americans are. Okay. But I think a lot of Koreans aren't. Especially, I think Americans are this generation. Whereas in, like, past generations, I think a lot of people are like, oh, my dad's a plumber, I'm going to be a plumber. My dad was a farmer, I'm going to be a farmer. Like, Mm -hmm. they pretty much nobody's thinking or going like, oh, I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's positive or negative? I think it's negative. Why? I I read this one. Um, so you know that like from zero to seven, when you're at age zero to seven, it's like the most crucial part of your entire life. Like your entire life for the rest of your life, your adulthood and everything is pretty much determined from the age zero to seven. And it's kind of related to that marshmallow experiment where the kids that into the marshmallow thing. Yeah. So, and it's, this is all like proven by science, like scientific, like scientifically proven. And it's because most of like how you're going to be for the rest of your life, your habits, your, how you are, how you look at things and things like that are being developed from that age. And the most crucial is like from age zero to two, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard this like Tibetan way to raise a kid, which I heard it was like a really good way is that you from zero to five, from when they're zero to five, you treat them like a king. You basically, no matter what they do, you, you, you say, oh yes, you're right. Uh, well, like you basically treat them like a king. And then from, I think five to 10, like you treat them like the opposite, <laughs> like <laughs> very strict, like, no, like, and then from, I think 10 to 15, you treat them like an adult, like, give them responsibilities and things like that. And so I think when you're like, I personally, I don't have kids, I'm not planning to, but I personally think that if I had kids from zero to seven, I would probably give them anything they want, tell them that they can be anything they want, like basically treat them like a princess. And then from after that point, I would just, then it's the real world. do you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah I mean it's kind of like uh kind of scary to know that to be a parent and think about uh the amount of influence that I have on Uh kids (laughs) um you are their god (laughs) yeah especially since like you said like the most crucial is from zero to two and I have just a few months before my daughter is two and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, are you okay? (laughs) Um, (laughs) So 
I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm just super freaked out right now about like how much influence I have. And I'm like, did I do it right? And then I'm like, oh crap. It was in the middle of like a quarantine situation. I didn't socialize her enough. Like I'm having a lot of, oh crap. Uh, did I do this right? But I, so I guess it's balance. I think it's, it's, it's not positive or negative per se. Like it's balance in that that message of yes, you can achieve great things. Um, because I know my parents like, and it worked out for me that they were like, you can do whatever you want. If you want to be the best pumpkin carver there is, mm-hmm. go be the best pumpkin carver. We're behind you a hundred percent. You want to be the best dog? You know, it like, didn't matter. Like yeah, my world. parents were like that too, kind of, actually. Yeah. Like they supported whatever I wanted to do as long as I was willing to work hard and like do whatever it took to achieve whatever it was. Like, cool. And they're still like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wondered what they would think if when I quit my corporate job and wanted to go be a personal trainer, my mom was like, that's awesome. You love doing that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be great. Um, so I think that the world, the world defines great things in this very specific way. It's up to you to define what that great thing is and just go do it. As long as you don't get honed in into somebody else's great thing. Does that make sense? That's what I think. I think what, what, what's happening is the, the, the two spectrums that you were talking about, like like the balance is mm-hmm. I see a lot of millennials where they're, you know, the whole like last, per, last place trophy thing, like that they were told that they can be anything they want their whole life. That, and then they all the way up until like college and then boom, they go in the real world and they realize that they ain't nobody like they're jack shit. And they can't deal with that because they're like, I'm 21 years old. I should be the CEO of flying private jets. Like, yeah, that's, and then the reality hits and it's just, they can't get over that. And then they start getting depressed. Like if they can't make it happen in like two years or something like that. Right. And on the flip side, I see a lot of people where they, there's a lot of self negative talk where oh, I'm never going to be like that. I'm never, so they don't even try. Yeah. So that's kind of like what I see. I think right now there's more of the people like thinking that they can do, they can be whatever they want and this shit hitting the fan. I think there's yeah. more of that, more in that camp. There is. There's a lot more in that. Yeah. That's why I like my strategy. Until seven, give them, you can be whatever you want. Like give them, buy them whatever they want. Give them anything they want. And I also like what Gary Vee says. Like he says, the biggest contribution to his success is his parents. And it's because his mom was like that. His mom was like, anything you want. Like it's just 100% supportive. His dad was the opposite. His dad was like, no, you ain't, ain't going to do jack shit like that. <laughs> like if you fail, so he you had the like, balance. Yeah. 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 There's balance. All right. Next question. You're good. Yeah. Next one is from Gerald media. What's better North star for creative entrepreneurs than financial success. 
anything is better than financial success. Yeah. <laughs> financial well, success is literally the worst. Yeah, <laughs> unless you want to go start a porn site. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was the answer. Next, yeah. next. Uh, Diego and Mart MRT. How important is it to start working by yourself in small projects without having like one year of experience? Or like at a corporate job or working at a company? Like I don't know what this means. I guess like instead of like working in a company or working with a team, oh, like oh, doing it by yourself. Doing it by yourself. I think that's what he means. I, I would say, yeah, <laughs> I, I would not um, recommend that at all. Um, I feel like there's so much to learn in the experience from other people. Yeah. Get your, like, you may learn some good things. You may, I'm not saying you're going to learn exactly all the things you need to do. You're probably going to learn a lot of things you don't need to do too. Um, but you need that experience because there are people around you that know a shit ton more than you do. And you think you know it all right now, if you're young, you think you've got the world figured out, but you don't. And I also like, <laughs> I mean, like that. It's, it goes back to that whole, the whole millennial last place trophy thing, right? Like everybody yeah. thinks that they can, that can be the next Mark Zuckerberg. You have something very special, and you have some special contributions to make, and you have a unique perspective that is valuable. So I don't want to take that away from anyone. You do have a unique perspective that is needed and is powerful in its own way, and your perspective is is needed. It's just that don't let your ego get in the way of refining yeah. your perspective and yeah. help and, and it will help you in the long run. And if you, once you are ready to like venture out, I would say be resourceful, have a, have a group of experts and people that are a little bit further along in the path, have a little bit more experience than yeah. you do because those people are, will help you. And there's no shame in being resourceful and asking for help and not having all the answers. Yeah. Cause I think that's, that's a lot of the fear when you're young is like, like saying you don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it gets a lot easier to say you don't know when you're, <laughs> when you get older. Yeah. Um, or at least it is. I, I mean, I still know a lot of people, old people, older people that yeah, that's true. It's it's gotten easier for me to say I don't know the older I've gotten. I think the more confident you are, the easier it is to say I don't know. Right. Like yeah. it's like um as I became uh as I started making more money, like I didn't feel like I need a nice car. I didn't feel like I need to wear nice clothes. Oh, I didn't feel like I need yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. But when I didn't have money, I felt like I need to f- always constantly prove prove Proven. myself. Like prove, yeah. But so yeah, that's my I, I agree with everything you said. And for me, it's even small things like working in a company made me learn, like from an employee's perspective, uh, what's 
what I don't like, what kind of treatments mm-hmm. I don't like from the company versus what yep. I what I do like, right? Yeah. So that you can treat your employees a certain way and, and things yes. like that, or how an that, organization. Yeah. yeah, like that. Exactly. Like you're gonna get so much, so much Variety. more from the experience yeah. than just a specific. Yeah. That's a great point. Than the specific art that you're trying to learn. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna just get a perspective on how to be a better business owner and a better leader. Yeah. Great question. Great question, Diego. <laughs> that actually okay. is a really good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy you approve. <laughs> we still got a lot more. So let's do, uh, let's see if we can do like three more. Okay, let's do three more. Then I think we're kind of halfway. <laughs> I told Next you one. this is going to be a ton of questions. Like, yeah, let's just let's just answer them all in one podcast. I'm like, are you serious? It's a lot of questions. People are going to be bored. I feel like this is boring. You think we're being boring? We're boring? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Gosh, um, you're the best. Next one is from Mehar Labana. I feel lowish all the time. IG is supposed to be fun, but it stresses me out. How to deal with that? Do you ever get stressed out on IG or social media? No. Building social media? Mm -mm. I don't, but I... You've never? Well, never. I guess... I guess I got to think about it. Okay. Elizabeth Brodyway, no. I do Mm -hmm. not care. No, yeah, I'm. I'm in for yeah for, for Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, think so. Because I look because like our last episode talking about comparison, looking at what other people are doing, thinking that they're doing a lot crappier job than we were, but yet they had all these people like following and sharing their content. Um. I think that was a big, that was a big part of it. And then also like comparing the amount of content that Gary Vee puts out to the amount of content that we were putting out. Like needing to catch up to the number. Yeah, like being able to post like 25 times a day or thinking that that's what you had to do because that's all he, but it didn't. Each like right now, I have a lot of FOMO about the fact that like I should be doing more on YouTube. I should be doing more on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm just completely ignoring those. Yeah. And it stresses the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Like, I don't know. I You got to pick your lane and let it be more organic, I think. Like, that's all these people... If it's stressful, then I feel like it's not, the intention is wrong. Like getting stressed out by, by the, by the um, amount of followers you have or amount of likes you got or whatever could potentially drive you to do content that you're not, that's inauthentic. That is inauthentic. Um, so if that's what's driving you, then that can be very stressful. Yeah. And I also think that it's, it, it slows you down. Like for me, like if I'm working on something that I don't want to do, mm-hmm. it can take me t- 10 hours 
But oh, if yeah. that same exact thing, if I really wanted to do it, I can do it in an hour. Yeah, exactly. Just, so that means I could have done 10 times more. <laughs> yeah. Just because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would also advise, you know, take a break. Because <laughs> if it's stressing you out, like when I, I took a, like a week break, mm-hmm. by the end of that week, I was like itching to make content and it, it yeah. got, became fun again. Oh, see, <laughs> everyone deserves a break. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> All right. The Mencaza, Mencaza's Menacas page. The, the Menacas page. <laughs> page. <laughs> These names are so hard to read. I know. Um, we probably like, we're probably messing up, but. Yeah, I probably People messed up every us. single one. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. They'll remember what question they asked. <laughs> <laughs> How to have positive perspective towards what we do. Like to, what you and have, I? No, like what, I guess what like, we do is in general, like what she does. <laughs> so how do we have a, po- so how to have a positive perspective Towards what we do. Towards what you do. I think uh, we need more context there. Yeah. I don't get that one. Okay. Send us a message. Yep. I'll reply to her. Next. Uh, Shubham, copy that. Asked. I had tried a different, few different things and surprisingly enjoyed all of those. Which one should I stick to? For what? Just in general? I, like, I think, yeah, just in career-wise or whatever it is. I mean, that's the same. That's my problem too. Like I, I pretty much enjoy There's so many things that I, I, I love that it's hard for me to pick one. <laughs> yeah I don't know what advice would you give them I mean I've always done one at a time and then like at some point like the other one or make it somewhere it seeps in but <clears throat> I don't know I just Usually I, I try not to worry about it because sometimes I, I like doing design. I like doing coding. I like, you know, making videos. I like writing copy. I like doing a being on Instagram. Like I like all those things. Obviously I can't do them all, all the time, mm-hmm. but when the opportunity or like if, if some client comes to me and says, can you design this? They want design. Then I'm going to focus on design at the time. Like, I just let uh, let the opportunities drive me. I try not to yeah. overthink. Yeah. And I think there's value in that. And there's like natural uh, evolution that will happen in terms of what you will learn in that process. So maybe worry less. I've always found that if I worry less about what's going to happen and what decision is going to be the best one, 
if I can set that aside and stop worrying about all the what ifs and just do something and just move forward, a lot of things start to fall into place and get answered and get a lot clearer. Um, because, uh, last I checked, I do not know how to tell the future and (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, you get in your own way. If you're trying to figure out what's going to happen next, just do something. I would suggest like, try not to do all the things at the same time, like pick a lane. I mean, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> it's physically impossible. <laughs> like pick a lane and stay in that lane for a little bit, see how it feels, and see what happens. Yeah, you don't know Agreed. what you're gonna learn. All right. And that this is something that I always have to remind myself, even now. Like, uh, even now, like I, I see myself kicking, getting carried away. I'm like, oh, I need to do this. I need to like work on this or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I constantly have to like remind myself, like, no, you don't (laughs) like, you just, you just gotta do whatever is coming in your way at that moment. And you just need to give that all because a lot of times we don't, when I'm thinking about like, Oh, like right now, if I'm thinking about like, one of the things that I'm worried about right now or not worried, but one of the things that I'm trying to do right now is like, do more PR. Mm-hmm. So I've been talking to like PR people and like, you know, trying to like pitch to press and things like that. But like, I, obviously I don't have enough time to, to put into that. So, but I can't sit there and, and worry about that. Like, I just be like, okay, when it happens, it's going to happen. And, right. and when it does, it's going to be a nice surprise. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's exciting. You're doing some PR stuff. Yeah. I'm working with this person who does PR and she's kind of like helped me pitch some publications. I've been actually talking to a lot of people who some of my followers who are kind of like influencers Mm -hmm. who's been featured. So like they've been introducing me to people and like, yeah, I, this next 12, 12 months, I'm going to go. My, my goal, my unofficial goal, by, or my aspiration by 12 months from now, <laughs> 12 months yeah. from today, is that Gary Vee is going to ask me to come. Gary Vee is going to want to interview me on his podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That'll be awesome. That's my goal. <laughs> I like it. Well, I want to know when it happens. I think you'll do it in 11 months. Or right, five years. And then just, <laughs> just let him know that Michael Brodyway would love to be interviewed too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll ask everyone. Yeah, um, there you hey, go. Hey, can I bring a friend? Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, I, I've been, I've been thinking about this for like Ever since I talked to Laura uh, on IG, like mm-hmm. we did a live and I've just been like, fuck, yeah, it's, I, I don't want to be the best kept secret anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I really feel like if I just like, I'm always like, oh, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. But I really feel like if I just put my foot down and just 
put my put the pedal to the metal yeah i can like i can build this thing pretty big yeah and, and you know yeah i'm just gonna yeah i'm gonna the the what the word that she used is i'm gonna you should yeah son you have to allow yourself to be the star right yeah and I really resonated with her because she said she did the same thing. She's like, I don't want my picture on my website. I'm, you know, I'm a copywriter. I, I'm, she, she was always like the behind the scenes person. And two years yeah. ago, she, she had that mindset shift. And she said, you know, a lot of people say, we talked about this, like a lot of people say, we, like, mm -hmm. we do this, like we, it's, and a lot of people hide behind that, like, oh, and a, a lot of my clients are like that. They say, oh, no, it's not, it's not me. It's not all about me. It's our team doing this. It's a teamwork. Yeah. Michael like, does that. Yeah, yeah. everyone does. I, I do that. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to help you. And we, we do this. We do this. And Laura said, no, like, say I. I'm going to help mm -hmm. you do this. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to. What you're doing is you're, you're showing up. You're not hiding behind this company. You're not hiding mm -hmm. behind this thing. You're you're putting yourself out there and you're, you know, you're allowing yourself to be the star at the same time. You're letting your, you're putting yourself at the risk of getting, getting shamed if you can't. And yeah. it, that really makes you take accountability, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put myself out there. Do it, man. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> We're doing one more question. I think that was it. You want to do one more? Yeah. Last one. Last right, one. Let me find a good one. Oh, can we do the one like, what would your theme song be? If you had intro music, what would yeah. it be? And why? <laughs> That's such a good question. God, we've been having all these like hard, like, philosophical life questions that one I already thought about what my answer would be I did do a little prep so it would be fireman by Lil Wayne of course a little Wayne <laughs> pretty much a Lil Wayne song but fireman I think because it's like shh the fireman's coming <laughs> and then all the sirens go off that's what I, I would walk use that do you think we can use that or do you think we'll get like sued? <laughs> oh, we probably get sued. I don't know. He probably doesn't care. He'd be like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I should. What, should like, we... I don't, but like that, that's what I personally would want if I walked in. Like, I wish when I walked into a room, I had intro music. Mm -hmm. And that's what song played. Like, uh, I don't know if you watched Family Guy, but there was like this one episode where he had like his own theme song following him. Like, so every time he, he like, he'll stop and then the music will stop. And then when he starts walking, it's like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah, I wish I had that. But you know, we can um, we can hire like uh, songwriters, like on Fiverr or something like that, to to make like intro 
music for us. Oh, really? Yeah. And they can, oh, that'd be cool. They can sing, like they can say, authentic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Could we Should get we Lil that? Wayne to do like a rap? No, but we can do a, a little little Wayne impersonator. That'd be <laughs> that would be awesome. Like that, you know the video that's on the Night Owl website. I got a Morgan Freeman impersonator. Uh, so, so I did like the whole March of the Penguins song with the. So it was like a kind of a like you know mock of <laughs> March of the Penguins, but instead of yeah, penguins, yeah. like with the Night Owls. And That's I had really uh, cool. yeah. This guy was so good. I I found a Morgan Freeman impersonator on Fiverr. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, if we could find a Lil Wayne impersonator, I mean, yeah. that would be amazing. And I would, you know, back in the day when you could make things your ringtone. <laughs> That's what I would do. Make my ringtone. <laughs> Even though my phone's constantly on vibrate only. <laughs> oh man, the ringtone days. Do you remember that? Especially yeah. when they were like those little mini I also files. had ring back. Uh, you know, oh ring yeah, back. dude, I hated those people because I was like, <laughs> I do not care about Papa Roach and Nickelback. Because <laughs> the ring back makes the other person listen to it. Uh, the ringtone is for yeah, you. Yeah. But the ring back was, is for them. I hated the ring back because I'm like, I can't listen to Creed one more time. Like, <laughs> like when your best friend has a song that you hate, you're like, oh, God. I had the Super Mario song. That's not terrible. I, I just really like, I guess I just grew up in the time where people were really into that fake rock stuff, like Creed, yeah. Nickelback. The, the alternative rock state. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. Like that was, you grew up in the, you grew up in like the worst music era. I, I think the, 2000s were the worst. The worst of all time. Absolutely. And like I think who, the, it was like I think boy it, bands it got better. It was like good. And then like 90s eh, started declining. And the 2000s like went all the way down. And I feel like <laughs> no. now it's coming back up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it, it was terrible. I mean, I just think about like some 41. I wasn't even yeah. a real band. And granted, I did love Third Eye Blind. I can still get down with like that album. But Third Eye Blind was, I guess, kind of more late 90s. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, I guess. Yeah. I was like in fifth grade when I got their album. But um, even like the good older good artists like Metallica, like all those, they were all still jumping on the bandwagon like making this like yeah. poppy produced music yeah yeah well i feel like we weren't super insightful son no oh, you were i don't think i, I had much like insight we on the on the philosophical I i'm think not you were good at good. Philosoph- i'm not good with philosophical questions 
I don't like talking about that stuff. I'd That's like good. the things like, what's your intro music? <laughs> like, yeah, like, like the city versus the countryside kind of questions. <laughs> Not the, what is happiness? <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. I'm just lucky I I'm like awake the, right now. I like the philosophical ones. Yeah. So maybe we balance each other out. Yeah. So next week when we finish the rest, I'll answer all the philosophical ones. Yeah, and, and I'll just all the little. What's your favorite intro music? <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, that gives you just insight into our personalities. You're a much yeah. deeper thinker than I am. Maybe we can uh, ask Michael to join us. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah. He, he's good at like these deep questions, and he's got a lot of thoughts. Maybe because he used to smoke weed like me. <laughs> He probably sat around and had these conversations. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't know. I'm happy right now. <laughs> You're always I happy. I don't have a happy thermometer, dude. I don't know. You're like, Gigi's like that too. Gigi's yeah. always happy. Um, yeah. I always like try to have these philosophical questions for her. Uh -huh. I'm like, hey. Like, is there anything that you want in life? Or, you know, those kind of questions. Uh -huh. She's like, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, just want, I just want my dog to be happy. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I bet that it has something to do with your guys' dogs. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Which is awesome. Like, I think that's the way to be. That's the way to live. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm not always happy, right? Like. But I think, I think one of the things that for me is like, I'm very press, I'm very much in like the present. Present. Have, um, have you always been? Yeah. That's just like, okay, not the present, like, you know, super present, like super present people, but I have, I've never really thought much beyond like the next six months or so you know what I mean like mm -hmm. I'm not I, I was never like this is going to be my career or this is what I want my wedding to look like or I want like all these predefined things in yeah. life I've never been that kind of person and so things have just kind of happened and evolved and I'm cool with that I'm and cool you've with always been like that always you never worried about like your five-year plan or something like that no like I remember when I went to college you're like what do you want to major in and I was like I don't know I have no idea. Are there classes I can take before I decide that? <laughs> like, I think that's key. That's key, though. Like, I think there are a lot of people like me who can't get themselves to be like that. It's, it's, mm -hmm. It takes work for us right. to be like that. But you're just naturally like that, and she's just naturally like that. Like, yeah. That's why it. It's you know it. Obviously, Gigi has her ups and downs. Like when she's not happy either. But yeah. It, at the same time, it doesn't take very much to for her to be happy. She could be happy just playing with sky, or yep. you know, she can be happy just looking at the sunset. Yep. And you know, that's I think that's beautiful. It's it's awesome most of the time. Thank you. Like I I agree. Like 
it, it, don't get me wrong, I can get tied into things and, you know, wanting something to happen. But um, I think it makes it a lot easier when things don't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, it, it takes a lot for Gigi to be miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even yeah. think she's ever been miserable. I don't think I've ever seen her be miserable. Like yeah. even at the worst point of our life, like when we're like sleeping out of our office and going taking shower at the New York Sports Club. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. happy she about was, it. She was able to find like happiness yeah. in it. Yeah. And there's like, I'm sure it's like little things that make her happy. I'm making an mm-hmm. assumption, but like if Michael brings me like my favorite drink from Starbucks home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Surprising me, like that's going to make me way happier than if he went and bought me something from like Tiffany's. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like it's, I mean, I think TJ likes both, but <laughs> <laughs> I like both, but just like, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't take like, I think it's about the things. same amount of happiness. Like, do you know? Oh yeah. I mean? Cause they're not like these big, huge swings. Yeah. 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 And I, I love that positive. I love having that positivity around me because mm-hmm. I really need it. Yeah. It just And it makes, when I'm so stressed about like all the work I have or uh, like if things are not going well in the business and, and just one of those days where I just feel like I'm at really low points, you know, just like Gigi being there makes it all okay. It it makes it realize that, Oh, it's not a big deal. You know? Yes. So funny. Cause Michael and I have, have conversations like that all the time. Like he's like, I've got so much to do. I've got so much to this. I'm so stressed out. Like I'm so far behind. And like, he and I'll talk and it's like, he realizes, Oh, this shit's not that important. Yeah. Like it is like they're, I mean, but it's cool. It puts things into perspective. Yeah. Like when you have somebody that can help balance out your, Mm -hmm. your stuff. It'd be a lot worse if we were, if he was doing it by himself. (laughs) If he was alone and he was going through that. (laughs) I don't even want to like... First of all, he'd be working 24-7, which I'm sure you would be too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's all he would do. And he would get out for, like, maybe some fresh air every three days. Like, <laughs> I'm not even, sure he'd go Even when it's not a lockdown. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, you know, I, I can't imagine the amount of work that you guys would do if you didn't have. Yeah, and that's, it's not... That doesn't mean we're going to get more done at the same time, because I think what happens is, you know, when you're in that place where you're just like working like 18 hours straight or something like that, I think it's, it's hard for you to like see like the high, the, from the the bigger picture. And when you step away once once in a while, like if I, if I go away for a weekend, I come back realizing that, okay, this, 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 this is actually not important at all. And I, I don't even have to waste time doing that. Yeah. And that saves me, frees up time for me to do the other things or something like that. 
that happens all the time with Michael. Like he'll spend hours on something in one of those days where he's like working, working, working. And then he's like, man, I wasted a ton of time because now that I've like stepped away and come back to it, I'm like that, that wasn't even important. Yeah, exactly. I think you're right. You got a, what do they say? You have to slow down in order to speed up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's easy though, when you, I'm sure when you guys get in that groove and to just keep going, keep going. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, you're like this. Yeah. So I'm not even thinking about anything else. I'm just like, I need to finish this. (laughs) <laughs> without knowing like why do i need to finish it yeah <laughs> but i'm gonna finish it yeah exactly yeah yep. in. you guys are so similar it's funny <laughs> in your own like you're very very similar and i mean obviously there are differences but yeah. um and it sounds like Gigi and i are similar which is yeah that's good yeah we need, we need that balance <laughs> So like, I guess that means like both Michael and I have met our perfect soulmates. Yeah. I hope so. He better not meet anyone else. <laughs> uh, this train stops here, man. <laughs> like, we've got two kids. I'm not doing this by myself. So. Are the babies sleeping? Yes. So um, like I've been... I have Wolfie on the monitor. Yeah, he's sleeping. He'll be waking up soon, I'm sure. He'll get hungry. I've been working out at like 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning. Like waking up or? Well, I'll like, whenever he gets up to eat, I'll like feed him and then I'll go work out. Well, because you start your day, well, yeah, most of the time, like I'll put him. So let's say it's like like two, he gets up (laughs) at like two and then I probably get him back down by two 30, two 45. And so then I get down to the gym. We have a gym in our house. So I'll go like work out at three and I work out for an hour. So it's about four at this point. I have just enough time to take a shower before he wakes up again to eat. So then I'll feed him. So then it's like 4.30. And then I'm like, either. What time do you go to bed? Usually right when he does around like 7.30 or 8. So I'll get like. So you're way past your bedtime right now. Yeah. And then um, my daughter gets up at 6. So I have from like 4.30 to 6 that I can either try and sleep or pack or I try to sleep or rest, but. How can you sleep after? I can't sleep after I work out. When you're this tired, it's not that hard. Oh, really? I guess I need to get there. (laughs) Yeah, like I but like some days I can and some days I can't. But after I've taken a shower, I'm pretty like tired. Plus I've been up for like four hours at that point. So yeah, you're like halfway through the day already. Right, time. Yeah. So I'm like snack time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should so get right. to bed soon. Yeah. So I'm going to go get ready for bed and get a few hours in before he wakes up. Well, before you wake up and go to go work out. I'll go work out downstairs. 
Okay, we'll continue the rest of the questions next week. Thank you so much for staying up. Thank you guys for sending them. And thank you for uh, having me and being flexible. Oh, yeah, of course. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Elizabeth. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.